0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Teresa Caputo, former star of TLC's Long Island Medium, brings her self-proclaimed psychic abilities to MGM National Harbor in Oxon Hill, Maryland this Friday night. She called in to discuss seeing spooky things growing up on Long Island, hosting the TLC reality series for 14 seasons, and how her own personal experience compares to movies like Ghost and The Sixth Sense.
1: Hey, good morning, Jason. How
0: are you? Hey, Teresa Caputo. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP and DC. Oh,
1: sure. Thank you so much for having me this morning.
0: Now you might recognize that voice as the psychic medium from the TLC reality series Long Island Medium that was on for TLC for a long time. Um, but we're talking today because you're coming this Friday to MGM National Harbor in Oxon Hill, Maryland. It's right over the river here from DC. Uh, yeah, this Friday. Um, so yeah, how, what? How does one of these like you know maybe they've seen your shows or read your books or whatever? But like, how does the uh, the live experience work? Are you you know like like trying to communicate for people out in the? Office? Audience? Like, do you pass a mic around or how, do, how does it work live?
1: Yeah, so what happens is I'll come out on the stage, I'll give a little quick speech on how I read and how I connect with the souls of the departed. And then once I start sensing and feeling things, which doesn't take long, um, I actually come off of the stage and I have spirit guide me around the space. I have no idea who's gonna get read, what spirits gonna have me say or not say. I have cameras that follow me around and a big screen set up, so no matter where you're seated in the theater, you can feel and be a part of the experience.
0: So then, certain members of the audience, depending where you're compelled to be drawn to, you'll then go over, and then a camera crew will kind of come behind you, and then you'll interact with that person. Yep. Like, will they will they stand up in the crowd and and introduce themselves, or how does that work?
1: No, <laughs> uh, I, I well, I ask them to stand up just so the mic runners know who to hand a mic to. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild. I mean. To honestly, to be a part and to be in such a space and to be able to feel the energy of healing, you know, um, I think everyone walks into the theater, you know, hoping and wishing to hear from their departed loved ones. And when that moment happens, it's almost like paralyzing because like you can't believe that it's actually happening. And then the things that Spirit has me say is mind-blowing. I mean, still after all the decades of doing what I do, Spirit continues to flaw me with the validations of of an afterlife and more importantly that they are still with us because honestly, Jason, I'm the first one to say that what I do is crazy Um, and I get like how can someone communicate with someone that has died and what I've also learned over the decades of channeling spirit is that there's only so many different ways that people can die and there might be common burdens and guilt that we might carry connected to someone's departure. So what I have spirit do is with every healing message that they have me deliver, they have to validate it with something completely unique to that person that spirit has me seeking to. So there are things that you would never expect your loved ones to bring up. And more importantly, I could not find out about. So they might talk about things that happened years ago to remind that person of the happier times. They might bring up things that have happened since they died to validate for that person that every breath that they take and every milestone they achieve, their loved ones are with them. One of the most common things a soul might have me say to someone is, you know, let my loved one know that I heard them say goodbye. So now spirit might refer to things that that person has never shared with anyone else here in the physical world. Things that maybe they're thinking about doing or wanting to do. And lastly, I want spirit to communicate with that personality. I love the personality because no matter how their loved one passed, whether they die tragically Or they uh, suffered for years with an illness that actually took away their loved one's personality. Um, It really validates that from the moment the soul leaves the physical body, they are completely healed from any disabilities, ailments, and or suffering that that person carried here in the physical world.
0: Gotcha. And then so hopefully that idea would bring hope to people and peace and calm and catharsis to people in the audience to know they're not suffering anymore, according to you. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Correct. Um, And that's what I really want people to take away.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think that I think I saw that this is like the 10, celebrating 10 years of you know your live tour the experience not to mention you know but you've been doing it much longer than that, decades so I want to know how, how you how you got into it in the first place um you know you're you're born on Long Island in Hicksville New York but did, were mm-hmm. you always did you grow up fascinated by the supernatural did you you know have yeah. any any mm-hmm. exper- experiences where you, you know you could see or hear you know things even at a young age or yeah I want to know sort of the roots
1: Yeah, so I've been sensing and uh, seeing the souls of the departed since I'm four. So for me, growing up, I thought it was normal that everyone saw someone standing at the foot of their bed at night and heard someone speak to them. uh, and There was no one else in the room but myself. And growing up, I used to say to my parents, you know, I don't feel right. I feel different than everyone else. I don't feel like I belong here. And my mom actually said to me one day, she's like, listen, you're not adopted. You belong to this family. So stop feeling that way. There's no reason why you should feel that way. And it wasn't until later uh, in my 20s, early 30s that I discovered not only was I able to connect with my own departed loved ones, because I believe we all can. We all have that connection and bond. Um, And I I also want people to know that all those things that go on around them that they think that might be a coincidence or odd or weird or just simply reminds them of their loved one that has died to know that that is them. And it wasn't until uh, after 9-11 that I realized that um, people, needed to hear from their loved ones so they can heal that after a, you know the loss of a loved one that sometimes the burden that they carry is far too great they don't know how to embrace life or even live life after that loved one passes so um I put my gift in God's hands and I said you know if this is my soul's journey then I'll walk through the door with my gifts and and here I am you know, i'm actually afraid of the dark jason so <laughs> i still sleep with a nightlight and i still live next door to my parents i still live next door to the house that i grew up in so
0: <laughs> well um, what was it i mean seriously though like <laughs> seriously though like i mean you're i mean you 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 said it earlier in this interview i know people are going to think it's crazy but i be, i truly believe that i see this yeah. stuff Like, um. So like, yeah, like like when you're growing up, is it, I mean, our minds go to pop culture things, you know, like Haley Joel Osment in the sixth sense or whatever, but you know, is it freaky that, that as a kid or even as you get older, like, are you, are you actually seeing people sort of like in those movies? Like, are you actually looking around and there's, well, other I people? don't
1: see them like that. Yes. That's how it used to be growing up. Um, you know? But now, because of what I do, and I guess that I've learned how to understand what was happening, you know, with me, um, that I don't see things uh, like that. What happens is when I, and you'll see it uh, during the experience, how I see spirit, what happens is they, they will make me feel an emotional bond that you shared with that person. Then they actually physically bring me through their departure. So I will feel what that person felt as the soul left the body. So like if somebody had difficulty breathing, you'll see me struggling to take a deep breath, trying to clear my throat, touching my side. Um, Sometimes I taste things uh, to relay how someone passed. And then they'll show me the sign or symbol in my frame of reference to validate for that person that their loved one does not want them to carry that burden or guilt. Because what I've also learned is that, you know, um, because I, listen, I struggled with my gift because I couldn't even understand why someone would even want to come and see a medium or even connect with their loved one that has died. And what I learned is that, um, you know, we carry these burdens and guilt, and they don't give us the ability to heal. So why I do mediumship work, and especially why I love doing the live shows, is because it gives people the, it's almost like permission to heal. Because we will grieve the loss of our loved ones for the rest of our lives here in the physical world. But the healing process is something completely different. And that is my wish for everyone, that they find some type of peace and comfort. And uh, just to validate how powerful the experience is, you know, people will say it all the time. They'll say, I had no idea what to expect when I walked into that theater. And I personally did not get read. But what I witnessed was life changing. And some people will even go on to say that they realized after hearing these messages that there were so many people in that theater that needed to hear from their loved ones more than they did. Right. Permission
0: to heal. I like that
1: phrase. I'm Bradley Trainer And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item.
0: A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out.
1: Pretty sure that's J Lo and PS. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner. LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday, so the fun never ends.
0: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um, well, so you're describing sort of like you know, how you grew up with it. And, and, and at, you said after 9-11, it became, you, you, you I guess you went more like, Oh, this might be a career kind of in that direction and, and helping people widely. Well, um, I, I
1: never thought it was going to be, I, I mean, honestly, Jason, I never thought it was going to be a career. Um, I never thought okay. my wildest dreams that I would be where I am. Yeah. Um, I was just um, using my gift to help people heal yeah. and how I um, became uh, I guess, involved in TV, was my manager at the time. Uh, my, my manager now um, at the time, she unfortunately lost her dad. And she came to me for a reading and she was struggling with on moving forward with her life after the loss of her father. And she was involved in television and she, had, she said, this has changed my life. It's so profound. She said, everyone should have the access to heal um after so wait what, after what were you before time. before the so, show
0: before your manager came to you where what was the was it like mm-hmm. a, you had a business card word of mouth like you were doing pro, like readings like on a smaller yeah. level and then your manager said let's do a, a yeah, show I had a bit, I, yeah I had uh, I
1: had a business card I didn't even have a website or or an email I and then I <laughs> I had an email address and a telephone number um I had uh, over a two-year waiting list Uh, I was booked for two years at the time uh, that the television show came about. Uh, So I was, you know, doing private readings. I was doing group readings. I was doing, uh, you know, group readings in people's homes. I was doing group readings um, in restaurants and uh things like that yeah. um
0: you said the business card era and then your managers had this experience and and said we need to share it with a wider audience on televised audience so then how did you how do you get in contact with TLC because that show ran gosh 14 seasons 2011 to 2019 but like yeah how, how did that how'd the show even come you know how did you sign on with TLC
1: I couldn't even tell you <laughs> She came to me and asked me if I wanted to do a television show. And then like, we were like taking the, you know, we were in in the city, you know, with a production company. And I guess they shopped, I guess that's what they refer to it as they shopped the show to networks and TLC picked it up. And, and um, from there on in, I just have cameras in my world. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Did you have any favorite moments from Uh, those many years of the show or like most rewarding any like examples of people you helped that were on one of those seasons of the show that that really stick out that you remember finally as like, wow, that that's, that is not only compelling television, but I felt like I helped somebody, you know.
1: Well, um, I never look at what I do as compelling television. Um, I feel that every time I connect someone with their loved one, it's meaningful and powerful. But, um, you know, I don't, I think I make what I do look very easy. And I remember reading a woman, a couple had come to the house and, uh, I didn't know this, but they were on the the brink of a divorce and they unfortunately lost their uh, son who was disabled. And, um, the the son came through and said, mom, dad's soul's journey was to carry my death, not yours. And what had happened was um, the mom never left her son's side. And she had gone to her daughter's dance recital this one day and her son happened to get out the sliding glass door without uh, the dad knowing. And he ended up drowning in the family pool. And the mom had blamed the husband for the death of their son. And for the son to come through and to say that he had gotten out of that sliding glass door many a times, even with her home. And if that had happened, she ne- when she was home, she never would have been able to live with herself. And to watch the woman reach over and grab her husband's hand, Um, I think was a moment for me of this is why I do what I do. It reunites family and gives people faith and uh, sometimes the will to fight for life. And uh, there's, I mean, this has happened, it was probably about 10 years ago. Um, And the family there, they they have repaired their marriage and, um, you know, embracing life and have found a way to live even after the loss of shame. Wow.
0: And those are, those are, you know, experiences that you've had, you know, with these folks that you'll carry with you uh, going forward and probably keeps you going to keep wanting to do it. Yeah um what is your reaction to you know like I mentioned the sixth sense earlier I- I'm our movie critic on the station too sorry if I'm uh-huh. veering into that territory uh-huh. for a second but yeah what did you what's your reaction when you see or or the authenticity or whatever when you see stuff like Haley Joel in that or or Whoopi Goldberg's Oda Mae Brown and Ghosts, or you know all these pop because that's not like how pop culture we we think of this stuff like what is what is you know, either your favorite portrayal or most accurate portrayal, or what are some misconceptions? Like, what are those you know, portrayals in pop culture get right or wrong about it?
1: <laughs> well, I think um, The Sixth Sense and uh, Ghost are probably the two movies that I can connect with on a personal level. Like, that's how it is uh, for me. Um, you know, as a child, you know, growing up and just seeing things and kind of being afraid, but not afraid. Um, You know, and in Ghost, you know, when uh, Whoopi Goldberg says, talk about the penny or the earrings, that like, those are the things that um, I have spirit refer to and talk about, you know, to really validate that it is a soul connection and a bond that can never be broken.
0: Right. Oh yeah. And it's I mean it goes all the way back to like what was it? Um Professor Marvel in *The Wizard of Oz* when Dorothy, you know what I mean? There's characters all throughout movie history. Although I guess in in that one he was mm-hmm. he was a bit of a, you know, he just had her eyes closed and was looking through her basket. And but but you know what? I mean? Well, actually that's a, That's a, that's, a, that's a good actually that's a good segue. What do you say to on the flip side of this? Because you've shared people that you've helped, but what do you say on the flip side to people that think you're, a, you know, that are skeptical, that are like, okay, maybe you're a charismatic yeah. performer, but that can't be real. I mean, it's the same right. thing. Like if I'm interviewing yeah. a, pr- a professional wrestler or a magician like explain why why you believe that yours is like different than me us like a wink wink conversation right now that you truly believe you're helping these people what do you say to skeptics
1: Mm -hmm. um first of all i get it i'm the first one to say that that's impossible how can someone communicate with someone that has died but I sense and feel things that mean nothing to me, but are absolutely life-changing to the person that I'm speaking to. And I never want people, this isn't about people believing in me or what I do. I, I don't care um, if, if, if they believe in what I do. I want them to believe in themselves and to know that they still have that connection with their loved one. And more importantly, that there truly is more to life than just here in the physical world. And I'll never um, at any point, Jason, try to defend or prove my gift to anyone. Um, that's not what I do. I'm just being me. You know, I remember I'm um, one of my friends saying to me, um, I've been friends with them for 42 years, a group of people. And one of them said to me, he's like, yeah, people ask me all the time. Like, I can't believe you grew up with Therese Caputo. She can't be that dramatic. And he's like, oh no, she's, not she's far more dramatic in person <laughs> than she is on TV. You
0: can't possibly so I be. Feel like I'm yeah. just being me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, but um, you know, to to you know, I in my everyday life, I mean, I still can't believe, you know, I still walk around like, you know, like people don't know who I am or I'm always shocked, you know, to see my my face on a billboard. Um to even see myself on TV, it's still like, what? Because I know that this is my soul's journey here in the physical world. And to have people approach me in my everyday life and just say, I just need to tell you how much your book, you know, your TV show, your podcast, I've been to numerous, countless uh, of your live shows, how much they have helped me and how much healing it has brought me um, is worth every second of what I do. And I wouldn't trade what I do for anything here in the physical world. Um, And the fact that people trust me with the souls of their departed loved ones just shows how powerful uh, the work that I do helps people
0: gotcha yeah and you meant yeah so everyone you know, there's four books like you mentioned there's a podcast hey spirit if you want to find out more and uh but first yeah if you i guess you, get, you can't miss the live experience at mgm national harbor it's going to be this friday in Oxon hill maryland and uh, thank you so much for joining us for you know telling us your whole journey and you know even even answering you know the the quote-unquote you know more harder challenging questions and the skeptics and everything i i appreciate you know the the forwardness and everything
1: oh absolutely thank you so much